Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene. We are back from Valencia. We are sitting in our boring-ass rooms to talk to you all about Valencia, because, yes, it's our Valencia recap show. I'm the Eternal J. Joining me is Digital Bacon, as he always does. As you have, uh, have you recovered your voice uh, since this past week, or uh, is it still in the shitter like mine? Uh, my voice is fine, but I've got like a really achy jaw for some reason. It just, yeah, it's horrid. <laughs> I think like Don't a lot know. of us have like aching things all over the place just because of how much fucking mm. chanting we were doing uh, down at the front row. If you're watching some of those vods, you'll notice my moped and a lot of those uh, <laughs> in a lot of those like panning shots from the crane cameras. Like yeah, that's where we were sitting, boys. Right? That's the uh, you know that. And uh, if you have checked out any of the Flickr pages that have been posted ever since, you'll notice that there's been some fucking really good photos from the event. I think the Valencia as a whole was just amazing. You know. Uh. Uh, yeah, definitely. And because we were like the only loud ones actually chanting the crowd, day three, like just towards the finals, I can remember just like four or so photographers just sitting in front of us taking pictures. So it's just like, oh, okay, this is a bit different. It was a bit, it was a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, Almost you, you, felt like you a say celebrity. that. You say that. My ego didn't need us. <laughs> you say that, but me and Crafters, we got in like a few hours early from you guys on day three, and they were mm. all over the shoulder. The photographers were taking pictures of everybody, and that's the reason why you got some great photos of me and him sitting in the crowd being shocked at every fucking goal that went in, because mm. there were some serious bangers. And we're going to talk about some of those bangers on today's recap show, because that's what it's going to be all about. It might be a bit of a short one, uh, because I've got a hard out, I've got a pack with Dallas in a bit, and um, the... Uh... <laughs> Okay, so we had a running joke on holiday that no matter what, Jay had to tell us about Dallas, and it still was true to today. It is fucking funny. No lie, you can go I five minutes in. without I it. I put that in exclusively just for that. So there you go. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's going to be all about Dallas. So there hasn't been not, ma- not much major news at all uh, throughout the course of this uh, throughout the course of this week uh, weekend. Basically nothing, you know, other than just a couple of small little roster moves, a couple of disbands, a couple of smaller squads uh, moving into. Uh, uh, you know, being picked up by other teams for other small tournaments. So mm-hmm. nothing to know, but of course, as the weeks go on, we should hopefully bring you a few more of the uh, uh, off-season roster shuffle that uh, that, that comes mm-hmm. to fruition, Bacon, because there are some spicy roster moves that we're hearing about behind the scenes. Uh, and there is no yep. mailbag happening. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. if you do want to send us a question, then you can, of course, type exclamation mark Discord if you are new to the channel in the Twitch chat, or follow the link in Ooh. the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast to join our Discord community and send us a mailbag question that chances are we'll answer live on air. Bacon. One little thing we do have is news, of course, is that not this weekend coming, but the following weekend will be the Montreal qualifiers, of course. Yes. So that's when next week we're going to be delighted, of course, with a lot of uh, roster confirmations by then, as teams will be signing up for the qualifiers for that, of course, Jay. Yeah, so uh, we'll be able to bring you all the coverage on that one in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, whether there'll be a podcast next week, you still yet to be seen. But we'll bring you all those updates. So make sure you're following the Twitter at RL Aftershock to get updates on everything going on over on that front. But for now, let's get into DreamHack Valencia. What a fucking tournament, Bacon. We had a lot it of good was. shit going down. A lot of uh, uh, a lot of really good matches, especially on day three. Like every single day three match was an absolute banger. And you know the experience overall, just from 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 from, from Valencia, it was just so. so so chill, mm-hmm. you know. Like it, it, it was fantastic just going up to the going up to the event, going into over to the stage, seeing this grand setup and all the players playing their hearts out, and then just going out to the back of the queue and then seeing them all just sort of chill out. You could just slide yourself in, have a chat. You know, I got to meet some of the guys that I've been talking to online for mm-hmm. a little bit. We'll talk a bit more about those interactions a little bit later on. But yeah, honestly, you know, if you're in Montreal, I highly, highly recommend you get some tickets and go to the pro circuit uh, for, uh, for for Montreal because like it, it was such a good experience as someone who hasn't been uh, to a DreamHack in a, in a very long time. 
Yeah, I'd say the only, and it's not even a poor experience, the only sort of like con I can say to the whole thing of it is in Valencia, they don't speak much English. That's just a local sort of thing. And you get that different parts of the world. Now, I think it was even Freaky put out the tweet just saying, oh, a controversial opinion. Everyone should be able to speak a second language. And just there in Valencia, we, we had to struggle through being naive English people. Like, we're a problem. We are the <laughs> biggest problem. We don't speak another language. So we're just there pointing at menus going eat that we we want that thing and yeah otherwise everything was fucking cheap out there which was lovely for me because it meant i'd got to pay near enough nothing for a holiday yeah good. no i mean we got i got a big fucking pot of ramen for five euros so it was it was fantastic <laughs> uh so uh yeah again uh, absolutely fantastic experience from an event standpoint um uh, a lot of the reception around dreamhack was fantastic Suddenly, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of um not a whole lot of viewers watching DreamHack, unfortunately. If you were checking the Reddit earlier today, you'll notice that there was a uh, there was uh, one of those stats from esports stats. Uh, only fifty six thousand on the peak viewers because which is, NA uh, was in bed, as of course the broadcast kept reminding you all weekend long. <laughs> yeah, and considering how considering how the uh, considering how the pro circuit sort of tends to be like a uh, um, a much more um, uh, how, how do I describe it? I don't know. It's considering considering it tends to be a much more harder event to win, and as a result, there's mm-hmm. a lot more Rocket League and potentially a lot more interesting Rocket League to watch. I would have thought that more people would have been more tuned into this one. I guess maybe that the time zones really do affect things in that regard. But it's just like you know, I don't think that affected the likes of Landon that much. Now, did it? You know, I, I think it kind of again speaks to the uh, issues we've had in regards to third-party tournament organizers coming in and organizing top-tier Rocket League events outside of the RLCS. Yeah, you've actually got me now going on the uh, ES Charts website and trying to pick out what the actual viewership was. Uh, because I didn't do this uh, in the run-up. Guess what? Bacon's bad. But it's essentially me just wanting to have a look towards the finals of each day and seeing what the bump was there. Because, of course, we saw it. You'd be looking at about 40,000 for the first few games. And then I was just wondering what the bump would be up to after essentially, like we said, America had woken up because that's the only problem with a, um, you know, a primarily European focused uh, tournament is that essentially it's what five o'clock in the morning, 5 a.m. when it's all signed. So, of course, you're not going to be up for that time. Yeah, regardless, I still think it was probably one of the best events we've had um, in terms of the Rocket League. Like, I really enjoyed the Rocket League. There was no real day where I thought, okay, things are not looking great. There was the occasional matches where it was like, eh, it's not really the greatest, greatest performance, but that's probably because of the fucking, um, uh, uh, hmm. um, you know... Um, Interesting, actually, just quickly. Uh, RCS uh, World Championships, just gone, had a total hours of watch of uh, 2,040,000. This, uh, with a peak viewership, sorry, of just over 200,000. This had a peak viewership of 56,700, but had a total watch hours of 858,000. Now, that as ratio goes, isn't too bad, considering... And you got to remember, this is a 100,000 price pool compared to the 1 million that is RCS. Yeah, I think that honestly, um, uh, I think there's a lot more value to be taken and a lot more stock to be had in something like a DreamHack tournament, which is why I encourage everyone to get behind it because, again, it was mm. such a great experience. Not only did we get to see the Rocket League, but right next to it, there was the Counter-Strike, uh, uh, the DreamHack ch- uh, challenge from uh, the Counter-Strike end of things. Mm-hmm. We had the Dream Cup behind us. We had uh, uh, Rainbow Six, another stage that was behind that as well. You know, there was uh, there was a lot of different things going on, so it wasn't just about the Rocket League uh, if you were a casual fan. So you, there's a lot there there to be done. And, uh, you know, again, not only was it... Th- not 
not only was you know was it a great experience, but it was also a really fucking solid tournament, proving Sionics that mm-hmm. you can do both the entertainment and the seriousness at the exact same time. So and we'll talk about that because the B stream matches were real good. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Actually, I do wish that the B stream wasn't so technically flawed uh, because there were mm-hmm. situations. I did go back and watch some of those vods where, like, you know, the casting was like five, six seconds out of sync with the uh, gameplay, which has something to do with the way that they ran it. They basically use a piece of software called Vmix, and uh, they remote call in the casters to Valencia, uh, so that way they have the servers mm-hmm. there. They can stream it out to them, and then they stream it out to you as well. But where they're streaming out to them, and then they have to stream it back to the Valencia land, like the delay between those two things caused it to get really out. of sync at times and it's not the most ideal way of doing Rocket League honestly I feel like with the amount of shit that was received there I wouldn't be surprised that they went back to having on-site casters um, which which would have worked better for Valencia I think in my opinion but that is the only really major mm-hmm. gripe that we have Bacon yeah EU just had to hit uh, take the hit on that one yeah when it comes back to Montreal we'll probably that's get twice though we've fucking then. taken the hit though as well because Valencia had a shit B stream <laughs> and Leipzig had no B stream whereas Dallas had the best B stream and Montreal's probably going to have an even better B stream on top of that so you know great guys fantastic awesome <laughs> we can te- keep taking a hit because of course it don't matter anyway we're not going to get anything yikes <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a fucking yikes for me, dude. Yeah, you're right about that. Right, well, let's talk about some of the results. Um, obviously, there was a tournament, so therefore there were some matches that got played mm-hmm. out. And as is the standard format for DreamHack, uh, Dreamhack Pro Circuit and Leipzig, Dallas, and now Valencia have all repeated this same three-day system with two sets of group stages, four groups on the first day, and two groups on the second day with an eight-team single elimination bracket. Those results are coming up on screen if you're watching the video version or taking a look at the uh, live stream right now. Runner Vitality, Complexity, Ground Zero, Mount Gang, or Moot Gang, I should be saying. Cloud9, PSG, Triple Trouble, and Veloce uh, made it out of groups A and B. And then in groups C and D, we had G2, The Bricks, uh, FC Barcelona, and Ghost Gaming beating out some of the lower-level uh, squads uh, from their from their group C. And in group D, Randy Gibbons, River Rats, and Rogue coming out in the top end. And I think the Taz and NRG surprisingly coming out of the lower end of that bracket. Uh, but in day two as well, the group stage that kind of sorted out the top eight, Renault Vitality, Randy Gibbons, River Rats, The Bricks beating out Veloce, and PSG eliminating Dignitas uh, to to make it through on that particular front and Cloud9 FC Barcelona uh, and Complexity and NRG making it into Group B. Um, and then the playoffs, the final matches, of course, if you weren't watching, uh, NRG made it to the grand finals uh, to face off against PSG, who ended up winning the whole tournament uh, with the Bricks and Complexity making it into the semifinals overall. So, yes, another European champion is crowned. That's um, <laughs> two in a row now, I think. I think uh, four out of six so far this year. Something along those lines. Who won at Dallas again? It was Cloud9, uh, Cloud wasn't it? Cloud9 yeah. won at Dallas. Yeah. Essentially, when we look at this as well, like looking into that last day, don't get me wrong, it's how it's all stacked up. But this weekend, those were unarguably the best eight teams going in there. Like the seeding was pretty darn good. The problem is at the moment that Rocket League just has so many high level teams, of course. And we're talking about this, I think even with Greg and uh, for the example, at the moment, like the, everyone's got near enough the same strategies in Rocket League. And it's at the moment, just coming down to pure mechanical skill. And I just can't wait for that to turn around and strategy comes back into it. Like we saw a few seasons ago where some teams going to be coming off with these new ideas. So it's not just a bim bam culture, you know, that fast, harsh regression or the more slightly 
I want to say controlled everywhere on the pitch uh, style that you'll get from, say, your Cloud9 and, and Vitality at the moment. So when strategies do change up, and that will take some teams jumping into it, that's when we're going to see the next sort of era of Rockley. But for now, it is just so damn harsh that every single team is so close in skill, isn't it? That these top eight teams really had to work hard to get there. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is that it's not even the top eight from the World Championships, you know? Like, we had, uh, nope. um, we had you know, Those we had teams trees. getting promoted or relegated from the RLCS and RRS, for example. We had uh, teams that were, like, you know, didn't even make it to Worlds coming into this top eight and, and looking good. You know, we had some uh, uh, sort of, like, uh, experimental rosters doing well. Some uh, solidified rosters as well. Sorry? Went to Worlds there to get to, to the playoffs, get to last day. Five out of the eight of them did go to Worlds. That for me, I thought is uh, six, but no, of course, where that's an interesting little factoid, I'd say. It shows there's so much. And of course, a lot of these teams having to beat out uh, teams that did go along there or go up against teams that did. For example, Complexity taking down G2, your finalists to get there, of course. Uh, NRG taking down Triple Trouble, of course, and the same Cloud9. But you've got PSG that seemingly didn't have the greatest worlds coming through and absolutely stomping everyone out. And largely that comes down to two major factors of, you know, Chor Set this weekend being absolutely nuts and Ferris seemingly getting back really into form. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail, obviously, with the PSG victory. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, all in all, I'd say a pretty good performance from EU, uh, considering that there were only uh, three Northern, well, three. Technically two and technically two and a half, if you were to Cal Rabbity Gibbons raps as a as a half because I did have a European mm -hmm. player with that particular squad. Um uh, but yeah, uh, two and a half teams making it into the uh uh uh, uh, quarterfinals as North America versus Europe, which had a pretty good outing. Um, all the matches were solid. All the results were pretty defined. I had I had no real debate points about it, you know. And, and we'll kind of talk mm -hmm. through a few of those points right now um, uh, as we start to round up some of the European teams. We're going to try and avoid some of the international storylines unless they did cross section in the case of NRG. So uh, we're just this is going to be exclusively an EU day rather than last week where we went through fucking everyone. Um, so we'll start with TSM. Because this was probably the biggest team we had that underperformed the greatest bacon. Uh, Group A mm -hmm. day one is where they fell. Day one, I think they're the only RLCS team um, from Europe, at least, that fell in the first from day. From Europe, yes. <laughs> from America, I think we did have... Um, Splice, technically, is the were the peeps. Uh, Spl Splice got relegated, so they're more RLRS more than anything else. But from in terms of RLCS talent, yeah, I think that is the only team from the RLCS that got... Uh, they got uh, In EU, anyway, yeah. In, uh, yeah, out in day one. Shit, well, um, I, I mean, we talked about it last week, obviously, where we were like, yeah, this is uh, this is a team that's heavily inconsistent, and this is kind of proof in their pudding right here, you know? They, they went away, they second placed at Dallas, you know, they uh, didn't make it to Worlds, and they come back here at, at Valencia, and then... They lose to fucking Ground Zero, which honestly I would never have. Well, right, I, I give I give them the up, up, upset opportunity, I give them the upset potential, but I wouldn't have said in any prediction if you put me on the desk and said who do you think is going to win, I never would have said Ground Zero above TSM. Oh yeah, you're looking at like a 98% in favour of t uh, TSM to 2% in favour of Ground Zero, and that's purely because Ground Zero, of course, have to have some uh, fanboys somewhere, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe scrape them up from underneath a rock, but they are there, no doubt about it. So, yeah, it's going to be heavily in TSM's favour, and they have got the stacked team, of course, of Remco, Metzer, and Ignite. So, 
this team that won E-League, of course, last year, and then have seemingly done jackal since. It's a bit worrying, really. Well, I mean, since then, they did obviously go go pretty far at, at Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, other than that, it really has been very quiet from TSM. You know, they came into WSOE as being a serious contender for that tournament, and they always shut the bed there. Um, and it kind of feels like a bit of a, a, bit of a waste, because obviously back in the day, they were known as Weedem Goals, and they got picked up by TSM. After they got picked up by TSM, it was just it, it's just not been a good time for them. I'm not sure if it's a mm. TSM curse or whether just the general complexion of this team isn't working. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at the demos and break it down analytically bacon but like what do you think's wrong with this with this team that gives them such a you know su- such a very inconsistent performance this weekend had a bad bad problem of both um it feeling like Metza and uh ignite were not in form um so of course that's a bad start from there um and i've got high expectations of Metza, so that's one thing where i was expecting him to just be a god like he normally is but ignite for me st- seems to stem as a player that just doesn't have much confidence in himself so it's just bringing his performance down uh for me tsm could do with either two things and one being the harshest thing which is a transfer which i reckon most people are expecting coming into maybe montreal or into next season or two getting a coach in and just sort of trying to change up that mentality you know yeah, something's got to change with this roster because, like, you know, it's just not acceptable. You know, it, 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 it isn't. You know, they've had such a struggling season. They had such a uh, such a good performance. And then ever since that performance, that, that consistency has not been replicated at all. And, you know, they're the one team that have not made roster changes. They're the one team that haven't tried to change things up. And... It's just not working in the same way that it worked for a Dignitas or a Complexity back in the day. I don't think the elements are fitting together well. I don't think the chemistry is there for TSM. You know, oftentimes when I watch them, they're making some very key mistakes or they're being forced mm. away from some very basic mistakes uh, on the part of their opponents. And certainly against the likes of Complexity, I, I wouldn't doubt taking a look at those demos that they made, uh, that they probably did the exact same thing over the course of their run because, you know, their run was pretty legit over the course of this one. And TSM, you know, again, I'd love to see what happened in that Ground Zero game because I don't think it was on the uh, the mainstream, if I Correctly, I didn't get the chance yeah, to watch it on the B stream. Yeah, I don't it being on B stream either. So, uh, well, Liquipedia says that there was a, uh, a stream for it. And I think yeah, it, it was the B stream. Just taking a look at that right yeah. now. So I probably actually have to get a chance to watch that a little bit later down the line um, because yeah, I, I would love to see what went wrong for these guys because it, it was specifically what went wrong because it just fucking just didn't happen. It just it just wasn't happening for TSM. Yeah, because we were there for the complexity TSM stream because that was on main stage, and it just looking. A very close affair, but again, for me, when I go off the back of that, that could have just been the initial problem, like I said, that disbelief in themselves, which a loss to Complexity, which on paper should be a team they beat, even though Complexity, you've got to give them a lot of credit. They are a real up-and-coming team and will be fighting for a spot at land next season in the RLCS. But TSM seemingly taking that defeat there and taking it pretty hard. And there was also a problem, Jay, if you remember talking to the players, of there wasn't really much allowance of scrimming for the players at land. So they could have gone in cold to that ground zero game and really only had like 10, 20 minutes of uh, practice maybe going there because, of course, they were trying to bring in the uh, group C and D to start getting their uh, work in, essentially, and start getting ready for their games because times were overlapping a little bit, weren't they? 
Yeah, I think that is one sort of issue that, uh, that that I think was a little bit shit. You know, obviously we, we got there in the first go, the first probably that was actually Ty Lacto. And uh, he, he mentioned uh, that, they, that they couldn't get the chance to scrim, which I'm not sure how much that affected the likes of TSM, but obviously that's still a handicap that's given to most of the teams. Um, mm. uh, it would have been nice if they had a scrimming area, but as far as I understood it, for, for, for the first day especially, they only had setups for 16 teams. So that was only really feasible in the second day where they had 16 teams to uh, uh, to cut down to eight. So, mm -hmm. for, the first, for, so for the first day, yeah, I understand why that would be the case. Um, uh, although, in theory, because of the way that the group stage was played out, there probably shouldn't be an issue anyway because TSM would have played in this at the same time mm -hmm. as the rest of the teams in their group, so they would have had a, just as ample an opportunity to get as much practice in as Splice did or Vitality did or Complexity did because they were all seeded into the same group, you know? Yeah. The only way to solve that, really, is every player has to bring along their Switch and sort of just play there on the spot, you know? <laughs> Who the fuck oh, is using I a did. Switch controller here, man? Like, no one uses it. It's either PlayStation we or the occasional the, Xbox. Yeah, we were playing the Switch form of Rocket League because Phileas had it on his Switch and was really surprised that gold players are probably about the same, on Switch anyway, are probably about the same as diamonds on PC, and that really threw us off. <laughs> <laughs> we were just going into it like, oh, this is going to be pissy. He's aerial him. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, again, I don't think anyone's using the Switch controller. Regardless, that's all fucking semantics at this point. But yeah, TSM not looking good. Uh. I'm not sure what how things are going to be looking uh, for them. I'm not sure what's on the horizons for them. Like, there's going to be very little going on. I think that if there's one more tournament they play, it would be the Montreal qualifiers. And I'm not going to lie, going into that, I, I don't have a lot of faith at the moment, Bacon. Just like, I, I, there's, there's no way I can confidently say this team is going to do well, mm. you know, especially after this performance here, man. So... Yeah. And they're just seen in uh, Twitch chat, of course, from Fruity that they did actually get a chance to scrim. Oh, on so there day is no one. excuse. So there is actually there is no, no excuse. excuse. There is no theoretical excuse. Right, fine. So TSM just inconsistent as fuck. There we go. Mystery solved. Let's talk about Digital Tax now. Another team that also <laughs> massively underperformed over the course of this one. You had a lot of faith last week. I remember in the flat, everyone mm -hmm. was like, ooh, you, you think Dignitas, you, you, I think you made the, the bold prediction of going so far as to say Dignitas could win the whole thing. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they fucking didn't. <laughs> they uh, they didn't make it past day one, so that's at least something. Uh, but in day two, they drew against the Bricks, lost to them, beat out Ghost Gaming barely. And I remember speaking mm -hmm. to Silent Echo after that. They they realized that they made like a, a small fuck up by the end of that series, which was all that really yep. cost them there. So if that one mistake had uh, had not been made, then they wouldn't have had. They might then that that series may have gone down a completely different road. And obviously lost to PSG, the eventual tournament winners in that decider matchup. But I don't um, want to use that as an excuse there because PSG no, and D2 not, weren't that not. fantastic. No, absolutely not. I, 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 I do think that Dignitas, um, I, I do think that there was potential for Dignitas, but it didn't fit well. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I was skeptical. I was like, I was mm -hmm. optimistically skeptical about the way that, the way, the way Astral was going to fit in. And, um, uh, uh, I, 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 I just wanted to ask you real quick. Did you, did, were your promises fulfilled? Do you think that he, did he fulfilled his potential nope. or no? Okay. Astral seemed, and again, it didn't seem like it was Astral's problem because he was still popping off. Admittedly, he did make a lot of, um, I'm going to say, mishits and that, or just misses on the ball. I expect Dig to probably use him once again, of course, at the Montreal qualifiers. If that does not go well for them, we're talking probably like within that case, they're a top eight finish. 
if they don't get top eight, they'll be looking for someone different probably and just churn out the next person because it's coming up to, you know, next season of uh, RLCS will be starting around September time and they've got to find a new third. Otherwise, it's up shit's creek for them. Yeah, I think that's about right. It's up shit's creek for them. And I mean, I don't really see... I mean, obviously, like, Astral was only confirmed for this one event. You know, he's not officially part of the roster as far as our sources are aware, as far as the public mm -hmm. domain is concerned. I mean, maybe there's someone else who, who might know better than us, but as far as we've been hearing behind the scenes, we haven't heard anything about Astral getting picked up officially. And certainly this tournament isn't going to uh, aid that factor. Uh, and obviously, this was mm -hmm. his shot at the big time. Do we think he choked it? Or do we think that the problems root a little bit more deeper into the way that Dignitas is Right problem now. yeah it team is problem. an entire team problem of course if you were to we expected dignitas to make top eight purely from what astro had done beforehand you know and then it is fucking dignitas so you just near enough go right they should be a top eight team so for us to be so harsh about them i think is both warranted but then in this case they're playing with a new lad who probably they haven't been playing with for a long time is a bit harsh to them. So, like I said, we'll make a full judgment after the Montreal qualifiers and we'll see from there how much this team actually has to go with because you've got to think they've got a whole week now of being able to play out scrims, even longer than that, about a week and a half of being able to play out scrims and then see where they can go from there. Online as well, where you're in a little bit more of a relaxed environment, aren't you, online? Yeah, I think that the jury's still out on this Dignitas roster. Again, I imagine if they do mm. stick with Astro, it will be for the Montreal qualifiers. But if that doesn't go well, then I think it's really up in the air of who they're going to pick up for that third. Um, if they do want to go ahead and swap Astro out for somebody else, um, you know, I, I still think that there's potential for maybe Violent Panda or, or Yukio to, uh, to to potentially leave the roster uh, based on the current line of thinking. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the easiest what, sort of move. drop the RLCS okay, sorry. I just Oof. figured that out. Yes, that's actually a good point. They probably wouldn't do that. Um, but in terms of the long... Um, uh, in terms of the long-term game for Dignitas, like I feel like there's uh, there's probably a bit more breathing room other than just that third man coming out of the uh, uh, out of the roster. Wild Fort. <laughs> oh, that. fuck, here we go. They, they, they do drop that roster. Uh, Yukio goes back to the bricks and unfortunately a lot has to move, which ain't going to happen because That's that not gonna was happen. looking like no, no, a, no, no, that, no, 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 no. that was such we'll, a solid move. But we'll, we'll come to that. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a little bit. So we have got the bricks down as a specific point that we want to mm. make uh, before we end off the show. Um, uh, but let's talk a bit. Let's, let's move on to some other teams. Uh, Aeriality, uh, proving us right. Um, we said last week that we didn't think Sevadan was a good fit because he's too slow and that is basically what happened what uh, was the at, problem at, at, yeah. at this event you know like a lot of the setups that would otherwise be you know uh Tylacto again setting up Ixo setting up the third man to come in to take a strike um that just didn't happen you know there was no massive commitments on the part of them because it was just too passive from the part of the aerialty side you know like again they need a second man to come in and be a striking force um you mm -hmm. can't have two supportive elements on a three-man team you know it just it just didn't work it did not work at all which was the air reality game we actually got to see on the stage? Was it air reality ghost or was it air reality bricks? I want to say it was the elimination match, which I think was yeah the bricks yeah, ghost. Was it was it the was it the ghost side? In yeah. It might have been both. No, no, no. It was Ghost. It was Ghost. You're right. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it was definitely Ghost. I could, we were sitting next to each other, and I was there, like near enough going, I was right, and this is a massive problem. Because essentially, hey, you, had, you, had you saw it. You, you, had, you had to look as smug as me when I won Dallas, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, again, he has to bring up Dallas. So, <laughs> I got to say, you made it a joke. Of, you made it a joke. Therefore, I've got to fucking like, pick up on the joke every <laughs> opportunity I've got, right? So, continue, please. Sure. 
I was smug, but at the same time, really upset about it because, of course, it proves me it proves me right, which yeah, you can be smug about. But at the same time, it shows that that team really heavily relies upon a few factors to work. And if that ain't working, the team is nothing, which means as well that come down to the long run, when we get around to that RORS playing, teams could figure out how to dismantle that side with some devs. I don't know how, but that means for me, the long-term-ness of air reality could be in question, which scares me a bit, Jay, because this is Ross we have high hopes for. Yeah, especially when you consider the, the, the landscape that probably could end up fucking, you know, um, uh, what's it? Um Especially with the way that things, like the, the way the landscape could potentially change with potential mm -hmm. teams, you know, I think that you suggested uh, what was it, Tylacto last week to go to the Bricks, you know, that, that would probably end up um, dismantling Ariality off the back of that alone because that's his project. Mm -hmm. um, if, if that does happen, of course. But again, we got more points about the Bricks coming up a little bit later. Yeah. Um, uh, but but and yeah, that no, whole I, I think... point was if a lot didn't work, which I didn't think it would, and it did. So blimey, what the fuck on earth? <laughs> Well, Jesus. let's get to that in a second because I didn't want to go before we end off on Air Reality's point. I did want to ask, who do we think we could see fitting into this team? Because obviously, it, it probably not going to be actual. He's already in the team. He's just too young to go off to Dallas because no. mummy and daddy don't want their fifteen-year-old kid. Air Reality. Air Reality. Who do yes, you think is going to be the third? Blurry. He's already there. Yeah, Ixo Blurry and Tylacto, the main roster, the whole problem for Ariadne, Blurry being 15, his mum and dad didn't want him to go off on holiday with a bunch of, you know, like 20-year-olds, which is quite understandable, to be quite fair. And so he can go along to the event. So Tylacto had to go right, get someone more, to fill in. Let's, and Seb let's, let's, well, the okay, well, obviously Blurry is not the option that we can go with right now. So who do we think could fit into that roster for the sake of Latin? The sake of land, Jesus. Um, who's fast enough at the moment with EU that ain't on a main team? This is quite often fairly English roster as it already is. So, I mean, we've got a couple of we've got a lot of really good English talents. So there probably is somebody you could find, you know. But isn't there for massive pace though? That's the problem. Um, and this is a little bit weird. You've frozen up on my. Uh, Discord, but I can see on the stream you haven't frozen up. Yeah, this is just on my end. This is really. I'm going to blame you um, for this. This is all your fault. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would honestly have no idea because my mind goes to someone like say Tadar or whatever. But then I look at that and go, not really fast enough. Maybe go back to Bilbo, but they need like it, it comes down to it is purely a player that is based on pace, and I don't know how that'd fit in unless it is actually done and in front of me, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can understand that sort of thinking. I think we could talk with theoretics all day, I think, about well, who could fit into air reality. Uh, it is a difficult prospect. Um, so you can, my, mind, my mind is instantly going to Astral, right? And I think that if Astral is not going to fit into the Dignitas roster, if they are going to sub him out, then he might have to go back to air reality with his cap in You hand. remember the bad blood between Astral and Tylacto, though, after all of that? Because clearly it was something like Astral didn't tell air reality that it was going along with I'm pretty method, sure that was banter, actually. That... I'm pretty sure that was banter. I don't know. It's a weird one because players don't really know how to banter properly. They're all bloody... Uh, and I'm going to stop there on that tone. Um, yeah, I, we have no idea. 
So we'll look I mean, look, again, from that's, the the, that's the reason why I say with cap in hand, right? Because that team was yeah. fucking solid. That team did massive damage in the Valencia qualifiers. And I would absolutely love to see them have another crack at it if they can just put behind their differences. Like, you know, there have been situations in the past mm -hmm. in esports where fucking pro players have fucked another player's girlfriend on their team and they still put that on. You think I'm joking? That's not even a fucking exaggeration. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I'm just uh, like, this is going to be extreme, but okay. Let's, yeah, let's no, but see seriously, like, you know, there, 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 have, there have been situations where a player or has fucked one of his teammates girls friends and they've still pushed pu push past that to, for the sake of the team and for the sake of everything right if if I'm, I'm, all right, okay. I'm not going to say that's the easiest thing to do, right? If that, if, if, if fucking <laughs> Tylacto, mate, if, if, if Astro's fucked your girlfriend, right? Then maybe it's not the best idea. But at the same time, if those two players can work at it and still be some of the best in the world in Counter Strike, you can fucking just like tell, like, you, you guys can fucking like bury the hatchet and, and if, if there is any beef mm. and, and, and sort it out immediately and fucking get Ariality back into that striking form because legitimately, I thought to myself that this team could have done some damage. It's just a shame we never got to see that come to fruition so uh yeah let's move on um let's talk about veloce fuck me <laughs> I, I, I this breaks my heart man this this breaks mm. my heart i just want to see veloce succeed and they got another fucking short straw drawn this time around bacon you know like they got the short mm -hmm. straw drawn during the promotion playoffs two series or three series and they lost two of them despite going flawless in the rlrs and here they took on some absolutely ridiculous squads three rlcs teams over the course of their entire run i think that was also the series that the fire alarm went off uh, if I recall correctly, um, which kind of halted their momentum. Was it Veloce or was it um, uh, Randy Gibbons, River Rats? It was one of those uh, two teams. I can remember on day two, there was the, oh Christ, it involved Bricks against, I want to say. It might have been Veloce. It might have been Veloce Bricks. Yeah, chat saying it was Veloce Bricks. Um, and I remember, if I recall correctly in that series, let me just come kind of look at the results real quick. Yeah, they were leading. Yes. They, they were on match point. Yeah, it was the reverse it sweep. Was. because, And that is just like it's a fucking short straw and after short straw. straw. happened, yeah. You know, like you draw against the... You, 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 you go up and fucking face Vitality in the first round of that group stage, go out to the Bricks, and then during the first day they lost to... Who was it? Um, yeah, to Cloud9. And they still brought it close. You know, this team has so much potential. Five, yeah. But being one game away, one fucking game away from, from making it in and, and, and doing so much. I mean, credit to them. Obviously, the Bricks, I, I'm absolutely happy that they made it through in the end out of that whole situation. But, like, fuck, man, Veloce. Like, this, is their, this was their best chance, and it, they just... They just got unlucky once again. Like, this team was the mm -hmm. worst fucking luck out of any professional team in, in all of Rocket League. Yeah, because you look at who they went up to, like you said, on day one. Uh, Take them Renegades 3-1 is a good, like, you know, feather in the cap, essentially. Going to Game 5, Cloud9, looking really good. And then going Take now Crazy Crew 3-0. Pretty much to expect it. Go into day two. Let's see what happens here. Go up against Renault Vitality. And Renault Vitality on day two looked like the best team I have ever seen. They went and just slapped about PSG something rotten after this. So that was understandable. They dropped down. Take down ground zero. 3-0. Okay. Veloce, who you've got next? We were all hoping at this point it'd be the Randy Gibbon River Rats, not the Bricks, of course. And it was the Bricks. And we just went... Oh yikes! This is a t we want both of these two teams to go through, and we <laughs> yeah, can't know, right? pick one. And I know, right? That was it was such a strong start, like you said. The alarm. I don't know how much that actually affects players 
because we've not been in that situation, Jay, of course, but we can only imagine it's a lot because right up until that point, like, you know, games one and two. Um, well, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Well, right? sorry, game one, Veloce won, then Bricks going into game three, Veloce was up and then the fire alarm went off and then Bricks came back. Well, well let's so, put it this way, right? Let's put it this way. If in WSOE, the, t- the 10, 15 minute break between games two and three was enough for players to complain about stopping momentum, then I'm pretty yep. sure that the fi- then the same logic would apply to the fire alarm uh, yep. uh, in, in the case of the DreamHack Pro Circuit. Like, you know, obviously, we don't know how much it affects them. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. That's maybe something that we could ask the guys about at some point if we get the chance to later down the road. Um, but, but, but for now, at the end of the day, the only thing we have to go off is the result. And I'm so fucking heartbroken. It's the same thing about all the other teams that I've rep for so long. It was the same thing about the Bricks back, you know, in the flip side days. It was the same thing about the fucking Triple Trouble guys when, when they were coming up and when they were doing, uh, you know, incredible things on their rise. And obviously mm-hmm. this weekend was another weekend where Triple Trouble also came up short. And I was heartbroken about that. It's just like with Veloce, it hurts even more because they have been in this spot for so fucking long. They have had the most amount of potential for the longest time of any of the teams in Rocket League and they just haven't had a chance to really drive it home and to really fucking, you know, to to, 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 to Jay, make it known. At the same you know? time, when you look at this and you look at Vloche, they're still arguably within the bottom ranks of RLCS qualities. So yeah. for no, them absolutely. to get into absolutely. day three would be unexpected, really. And where they ended up, I'm quite happy with them. This was a good result for Veloce. If they had lost the ground zero, then we might be on a different page, but Veloce should be proud of what they've done. They got it so damn close. They lost to a team that made it to the semis. Veloce, I would imagine their org has no worries behind them. This is a team that's constantly putting in the work. Don't expect to see them at Montreal because, again, they'd have to claim one of the free qualifying spaces uh, coming up from next weekend. And Vloche, unfortunately, don't org, seem to th- be an org big enough to fly them out, you know? I'm, I'm not sure about that. Weren't they that Dallas um, last land? Hold on, let me verify this real nope. quick. I would have thought that, e- that the e- even e- even for the last land of the pro circuit, you would have hoped that uh, even even some of the small teams want to send their team uh, teams out. You know, like Method obviously did that for Dallas. Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, they weren't there at Dallas. You're, you're, you're correct. Uh, but I, I'd like they to see them have a crack but I doubt it. That's yeah, just no, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful about that. I want, I want to see them and do some damage. And if they did go out, we could expect them to do a lot more because, of course, they NA would teams. have strong favourite against the NA, RLRS, and Bubble teams because there is, n- it's night and day essentially. Like the comparison being that we had like Echo Zulu make top eight in Leipzig. We have Meltgang going into day two uh, here. And that's what we expect to see. You know, we were also expecting the air reality, you know, to make it into day two, essentially. When it comes over to NA, I don't expect any of the bubble teams to be able to make it day two. That's just how it is. <laughs> so fucking yikes for me, dude. <laughs> just shoot them all down. Am I right, wrong? Let's talk about, let's go back to Triple Trouble. Um, uh, I mentioned them a moment ago. Um, we'll talk about them for a little bit because uh, they, they they were also another situation where they were a series away from, uh, uh, fr- from making it into those playoffs. 
Um, and unfortunately, they had to go up against NRG, who at that particular time were looking on peak form. Uh, and for the Triple Trouble side, although we backed them as much as possible, which was a little bit too much for them today. And against one of the best teams in North mm -hmm. America, I don't think you can fault them too much. They still had a really good run. I know that they're disappointed because they finished outside of the money zone. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, they had uh, Carrie was there and the rest of the family of Tadpole was there. And I think even Ronicky's girlfriend was there as well. So they had, they had a lot of support. And that's just even more helpful in terms of that. Obviously, Triple Trouble not going the full distance. Um, uh, but, you know, again, I feel like maybe they finished about in the right place here, uh, considering the opponents they had to go through, considering who they beat, who they lost to. Um, yeah, it, it looked pretty good. And even, even a victory against Complexity, who uh, eventually did make it into those playoffs. You know, like Triple Trouble have still shown what they're made of. I just, again, I feel like that maybe they could have gone a bit further. And I feel like maybe I wanted to see them go a bit further. Yeah, so the team's Triple Trouble lost to throughout the whole weekend were um, PSG, uh, NRG, and Cloud9. Now, PSG on uh, day two, uh, no, sorry, on day one that was, uh, were okay. Like I said, it's not the best performance, but uh, set was absolutely popping off. Fruit was doing his thing, and just on days one and two, Ferrer was playing okay. It was day three, which really made the difference in Ferrer popping off, which got them the win. So Triple Trouble coming into this had a pretty fair performance. Like, NRG was on the test over Cloud9. Um, if we look to the American teams, the only American team that seems to be the strongest at the moment amongst the American teams is G2. Uh, they just seem to have figured out the other American teams and then Cloud9 and NRG is still pretty strong against the rest of the EU sides bar vitality at the moment. It's just down to slight differences in play styles. Uh, but Triple Trouble, again, it's just unfortunate draw. Essentially, if they got down to that spot and... You know, it was a case of, I'm trying to think, uh, NRG beating out G2. G2 would have then dropped down and gone up against Rogue, against either of those two. Those two. Who knows what happened, you know? But unfortunately, it was NRG they had to face, and NRG was so slick and that it was only, uh, I want to say, G2 that took them down. G2 and Randy Gibbons' Ribbon Rats in day one, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like I, I feel like uh, they finished in the right placement, um, all right, at least roughly around about that area. Again, I wanted to see them go a little bit further, but it's not quite as easy to win a dream hack. So the fact that they made it as far as they did and still got close to the playoffs, I think is very respectable. And uh, I yeah. think the Triple Trouble can walk away with their heads held high in a very similar fashion to the likes of Veloce in this case. Uh, See you in Montreal, hopefully, boys. Let's let's get one of those fucking qualifier spots. Then. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's move on. Oh, it to would be our question, yeah. Yeah, let's move on to the team you just mentioned, the Randy Gibbons River Rats. You had no, uh, did you have no faith in his roster? Uh, oh no, sorry, that was a brick shoes. Uh, I, uh, sorry, no, scratch that. I, scratch that. I, I'm thinking of the wrong fucking team. No, we we. You, I had you, a lot had, of faith in the EU yeah. teams. Yeah, you, you uh, not the bricks. No, you didn't. You, you didn't have any faith in the bricks. I listened to last the bricks. I no, the bricks. I said you can go back. This either going to go very well and they will make uh, top eight, or it's going to be a massive flop. No, you I didn't. went near enough both no, you ends. Didn't. No, you didn't. Did. I listened to the podcast. This is one of the things I took notes of. I do I, I do a weekly Ooh. review of every podcast, right? So I know exactly what you fucking said. But we'll come to them in a second. Let's talk about Randy Gibbons River Rats. We said that the name value in this roster alone would have catapulted them into a decent position. That's exactly what it did because they made the top eight of this one and almost beat out complexity for it as well. Mm -hmm. They did really fucking good bacon. This was a really good performance from them, despite the memes of the River Rats, despite the whole, you know... Um, 
our sunglasses wearing Gibbs shit and obviously Gibbs is coaching chance that we all fucking did. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the, it's a shame that this team isn't under an organization, I think, more than anything else. They have no I pressure like, this weekend. That's why, Jay. Yeah, I, I feel I feel that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like they didn't have any pressure, but I feel like that if this team was under an organization, then maybe the turbo move might be permanent, and maybe as a result, this might actually be another bre- groundbreaking roster. Because again, as we said, um, uh, uh, you know, this is this is the first time uh, an EU player has subbed in over to an NA team, and uh, they did really well considering you know very different clashing styles mm. of play, but turbo fitted in really well to, to classics and and, and, and and corrupted G, and uh, things just looked just it just looked solid. It looked really really good. You know they played their own game, they played their own pace, and they played it to a T, essentially. Yeah, and I just saw in Twitch as uh, imagine someone decent was in place of classes. Classes and Corrupted G are actually the core to that team, aren't they? Essentially, that's what it revolves around, and Turbo just coming in, being allowed to do what he wants to do. So that's why the team worked quite well. Uh, you couldn't really sub out Classics to that, because he's just got this great chemistry going on with the Pirate, essentially himself, Corrupted G. If I look at that and go, okay, they're probably not going to pick up Turbo because there's no reason for Turbo to join them. But I look to other teams. We've just got NRG essentially drop fire burner. Now, Turbo from that performance to easily fit in. Could we see him make the move over? That could be the big move of the summer, you know? Could well be, you know. Like, I feel like that the, the Turbo's got a decent place in North America. Um, uh, obviously, we know that he's probably going to be trying with the bricks for the next uh, qualifiers, uh, since that's what's the uh, that's what um, uh, Speed said in his stream. So uh, we've mm-hmm. uh, we've got that much information at the very or least. Will but if he? that doesn't because work, that out, was before, of course, uh, Valencia. Now today, just go. Okay, we'll uh, keep playing. That is true. With that is true. No, that, 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 that is another point I wanted to discuss. Actually, like you know, um, if if the tur- if if they do not stick with a lot on the bricks as part of things, which I ha- I, at this point, we're heavily doubt. Um, uh, uh, well, number one, do we think that's going to happen? And number two, do we think that Turbo would fit in as well as a lot did over the course of Valencia? I, again, I don't know because a lot his problems do largely stem down um, to that defensive weakness. Um, the problem, uh, the benefit there is you got Cooks who's near enough on defense the whole time, so it evens out a little bit, and then speed that can go anywhere, so it sort of works, but it could be a fickle, you know, the one-and-done situation here, so I would hope anyway that they'd still try out Turbo maybe in the um, qualifiers, but they could also be looking at it going, okay, if we play with a lot and it works once again like it did on LAN, then we could get a spot to Montreal ourselves as an unnamed uh, team. So you, I do not want to be in the situation of those players where essentially they've got to weigh up two heavy options there, Jay. Yeah, very heavy options indeed. You know, one of the best players in the world versus a, a tried and true and tested formula that seemed like it worked from the outset <laughs> in the course of Valencia. So uh, fucking good luck, boys, on that particular front. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I, I, again, I do want to see how things work out with the Randy Gibbons River Rats, though. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe this team sticks together, um, but we'll see whether or not Classics and Corrupted can find well, a way to get Turbo to North America for the sake of the ROCS uh, and, and future land events. Go on, you have something I highly to doubt that. I, I said I highly doubt Turbo sticks with him. Classes and Crop the G will be sticking together. They'll pick up a different third over in NA and try and start a campaign to get back into RLCS for uh, season, what would it be? Nine. Because, of course, they've got that solid spot in RORS next season. 
All right, then. Well, let's see where things go on that particular front. Again, keep your eye on the River Rats if they do decide to pick up Turbo Pulsar. Uh, for now, let's move on to Renault Vitality, the wild champions, but certainly not the DreamHack champions, doing their best FC Barcelona impression this weekend, Bacon. They went completely they, undefeated. 12-0 yeah. in the group stage, and then they lose to NRG. You know, it is against NRG, the eventual finalists. Um, but right up into day three... Renault Vitality were looking absolutely unstoppable. You mentioned it earlier. They looked incredible during the group stage. They smashed the shit out of Bremen and Splice, and then they smashed the shit out of Aloche and PSG. Like, like you said, mm -hmm. just smacking them over the asses and, and, and beating them all I'm using just using them to mop up the fucking floor. And th then th this, t this time it rolls around, and they score three goals against NRG uh, coming into the playoffs. Like, what, what the fuck happened to Renault Vitality? Uh, someone poisoned their water and they all had uh, upset stomachs on day three. That's the only thing <laughs> I can say. They were just super uncomfortable and you could see it on the pitch. They weren't doing jack all. It was a complete nine-day difference between them. Day one, like you said, okay, they had fairly easy games. They had Bremen to start with, which should have been a 3-0. Splice, I'd argue, should have been a 3-0 as well. Going into day two, it wasn't as easy. Vloche and PSG. Vloche, you could see being a 3-0, but most people would put the 3-1. The same with PSG. You would expect that would be a free one. But going into day three against NRG, nah, not free or fucking lots. It, what was even the point of turning up on that day if you're going to be that <laughs> shit, essentially? Like, no. I mean, look, right, there is a caveat to that in the sense that these are technically the best two teams in their respective regions. You know, we made that point about it in the World Championship recap yeah. where we said, yeah, in the quarterfinals, we shouldn't be seeing the top what top seeds from either region playing off against each other. Like, at the end of the day, that match is a coin flip and it comes down to the day. And it seems like it definitely did come down to the day of vitality because, remember, in, in Worlds, they beat them 3-1. to one. The main difference is the fact that the scoreline was that much more dominant for NRG mm -hmm. than it was for Vitality. So... Yeah, I mean, it did look very awkward. It did look very shit. It did look like it was going to be uh, a, a, a not, not a great mm -hmm. day for Renault Vitality. And we have seen that from them on land before, you know, except this case, it was on the, the, the worst possible day for you. Whereas you possibly could have gotten it out of your system in one of the lower bracket matches during the group stage and then had that sort of like refresh yourself into day three, which obviously we saw that happen in Dallas, except in Dallas, Vitality went out in second day groups. Yeah, and we do have to go with the caveat of NRG on day three were looking real good. I don't know what happened because before that point, they had a, I'm going to say, a fairly meh run in, um, you know, grand scheme of Valencia because uh, day one, they had Savet Geneva 3 1. Uh, for Savet Geneva to take off a game from NRG was already telling because they were playing that first weekend with Virtuoso. Uh, they went up against the Randy Gibbons River Rats, which really should have been a win for them. It wasn't. They lost. And then they got a game taken off them by GC Aura as well in day one. But they still make it through to day two. All, all's well and good in the world. They lose to G2. I would say that's somewhat expected as G2, like I said at the moment, have a way around the NA teams. They just haven't really figured out the EU teams. But whatever, going to uh, lower bracket, they beat Rogue 3-1. That's actually surprising. I would have expected that to be a game five with the growth of Rogue at the moment. And then they 3-go triple trouble. Okay, this has been very hit and miss. Going to the last day and then they just hit out the park. It's got to be all that sort of emotional support behind Fireburn that really drove him on that last day. It's, you know, yeah. last tournament, last day, whatever. But everything up until then didn't really seem like the same team. It's almost like essentially NRG took all of Renault Vitality's energy away from them. They were the vampires in that quarterfinals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was complete 
completely opposite thing, essentially. It was not what we were expecting. It wasn't what we said was going to be... Uh, um, it wasn't what most people thought the, the result was going to turn out, essentially. So, you know, I mean, obviously, great to NRG that was making it at the Grand Finals. Makes for a fantastic story. But for NRG yep. Vitality... You know, not, 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 not the greatest time, essentially, for them. Uh, I did want to ask you, though, obviously, we've seen the scary side and we've seen the, we, we, we've seen the Panthers and then we've seen the cute little kitties uh, so far out of the uh, Vitality side. And um, uh, I think the new question for them is how they're going to try and replicate that. We talked to Greg in a little bit over the course of the LAN event and we said, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and, we, and, and I think he said, yeah, like, you know, we, we often just strive to see are we the best team in the world? If not, what are we going to do to get there? And I think the new thing for them is not only trying to get there, but also trying to stay there uh, for the Vitality side. Because when, they, when they're good, they are fucking terrifying. They are a terrifying team to face against because well, they look it. so When we perfect. spoke to Gregan, it was a case of we know that, like he was saying, we are the best team in the world. That is without a doubt. But the problem is just the consistency and it's just building it up this was the perfect exhibit because it's funny enough we talked to him after that win against PSG on day one weren't it on day two sorry so going into day three it was like oof that yeah that is just proving your point buddy and it weren't so pretty of course losing to NRG like that no. in that fashion like you said so oh, I don't know what they do from there because consistency is just so hard to build up because again i would still rate them as the best team in eu but if they can just lose randomly that's not a great sign yeah not a great sign at all to say the least um but we'll, we'll see how well Vitality do. Obviously, they've got to requalify for Montreal. Um, all eyes will be on them, I think, however, for this one. If they do not make it through those qualifiers, then I think it'll be a very surprising set of affairs yeah. uh, for Renault Vitality. So let's keep your eyes on that one. Um, but for now, let's move on to FC Barcelona. We said Vitality doing the best of FC Barcelona impression, and lo and behold, FCB underwhelmed. Underwhelmed hardcore. Um, Better than before because they didn't free her out of it. We have to give them that though. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but they were they were about as up and down as TSM would have done at WSOE for fuck's sake. Like I remember mm -hmm. sitting down during that Bricks performance with Fruity. We were sitting down in the arena and sort of by doing a little bit of a back and forth talking about what the fuck they were doing wrong. And it was like, it was so tight. I remember the th two things you mentioned yeah. was just, it was such a touch and go matchup for that particular one. And the second thing that Fruity said, and I think this one really sticks, that they were just touching the ball. Without any purpose, without any yep. sort of formation, without any, without any doing anything like that, and that is just so typical FC Barcelona. It, it really is, and you cannot approach the game like that whatsoever. You know, you you, you cannot, you, you just can't do it. We said it from day one, from the from the from the set, ever since they were known as Savage. We said you cannot approach that in, in that sort of form. You have to form up as a team, and it looked like for the past few months that's exactly what they were doing. And now we've got signs of the old Savage back again. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, they made it into the uh, the playoffs, but they went out to the bricks as we would have expected. It was a bit more of a closer affair. But that day one performance, man, like shit. Like I, mm. I, I, from that, that was the point where I knew the FC Barcelona were not winning this whatsoever. Really on day one, I guess because before then they'd had such great day ones and twos, weren't it? There's always the yeah. curse of day three when that final hurdle, the real pressure hit that they fell. I don't know, Barca. They, I feel like they haven't hit their stride yet. They're still to get there. And I don't know why I feel like that, because I was very critical about them at the start of the season, weren't I? I was there not believing in them and thought they would bottom out because the RLCS teams would have them easily figured out because their defense was weak. They went away working their defense. But what do they have to go away and work on now? Like you said, it's just coming, it's keeping that mental mindset going and... 
as you said, instead of just touching the ball, making sure every single hit has got intent and purpose is just not pointless pressure that they're trying to keep up to overwhelm their opponent because that does not work. It doesn't, and we've said it for fucking ages on Savage. You know, they are three ones players, and in a three v three game mode, that doesn't work. You need to play as a team, and they weren't playing as a team. They were trying to force the issue with a lot of one v one style of fake out goals and a lot of you know uh, solo yeah. plays essentially to try and get them past the line. And a lot of the time, it was just getting blocked. You know, it got blocked by the bricks every single time. You know, they did. I don't think they scored a single goal in that series. Let me check real quick. Hold on. Yeah, not a single goal. Very similar to their uh, to some of their performances over the course of the uh, um, some of the recent lands mm. that we had in the RLRCS as well. You know, like for for FC Barcelona, like like again, they they have such a great skill set and they can hit some mad highs. But they're much like TSM in the sense that they also can just crumble to pieces in a matter of seconds. And as we've seen with the trend with TSM, it's only a matter of time before you've hit your highest high, and suddenly you can never get back to that point until something changes. And we have to think as well, the contrast between that game against the Bricks and then on the last day in the playoffs, uh, where they faced up against the Bricks again, and that series was so damn close. Uh, it was literally back and forth. No lie, every single series with the last two going to overtime. And it... It boggles me that this should have been the one. If they had been Bricks, I could have seen them go the whole way. It just didn't happen. Bricks were very strong that last day, being able to hit off a lot of stuff. But Barca had put themselves in that spot from not putting the uh, work in on days um, on day one, essentially. And that feels a bit weird. It it sort of is mind-boggling because it comes down to the format, you know, this is what we're saying, like at a land setting, we'd much prefer, like we're saying this in the apartment, we'd much prefer it being a Swiss uh, sort of system because Barca had to face up against Bricks twice purely because they had that poor day one. I mean... Yeah, sort of. I mean, again, I still, I still prefer the GSL system. You know, I, I still feel, I still feel like this mm. one was a sol was a solid one. Uh, personally, I prefer oh, yeah. a one. I personally, I prefer a one day group stage as opposed to a two day. But then that makes everything a bit awkward for the playoffs. Um, but yeah. uh, that's the discussion we can have another day when we come to the next season of the Dream Act Pro Circuit. Because for now, they have committed to this format for Montreal, so there's not much we can do to change it. And it's a fine format. It's yeah. you know, I couldn't really ask for anything better, especially like I said, it'd just be Swiss. But that's just uh, pedantics, really, because they near enough come out with the same result it's just minor little differences in uh setting a seeding up you know uh beforehand essentially um the only reason why we ask for swiss is because then the seeding adjusts after each uh, game don't it really but that's a minor difference you normally come out with the same uh, results anyway well, let's move on from FC Barcelona, who once again have uh, hit a pretty low low at this stage. And let's talk about some of the teams that have hit some pretty fucking high highs. Because we're getting into mm. our last few teams to talk about here. Complexity Good. are one of them. Uh, we had high hopes for this team when they brought in Flakes. They smashed the shit out of the qualifiers. They haven't done great on LAN. But then the RLRS came up. They smashed out of the water. They're in the RLCS this season. And what a debut to their campaign, essentially, in, in, in going into the next season of the RLCS. Top four. Top four, beating out some of Rocket League's best in the quarterfinals. Toe-to-toe -to -toe against NRG, where it felt like for a few minutes, actually, maybe there may have been a mini reverse mm. sweep coming in from the uh, complexity side. And obviously, with the many victories across the way, G2 fell in their wake. Uh, 
they also beat out. Uh, who did they beat on day one? There was one particular result I remember that they had. Uh, TSM. A, a re- yeah, they TSM won. was the one uh, where they uh, where, where they smashed the, they smashed them pretty well. And obviously that being a lower level RLCS team, where in theory complexity should be staying in the grand scale of the uh, of the Rocket League space. You know, th- th- this is a massive sort of way to hit the ground running and, and really show the world what you're made of. Yeah, complexity over the weekend only had one poor game, and that was the triple trouble. Um, and I, I'd say it was poor. It was a free o win, don't get me wrong, to triple trouble, but one game went to overtime and the other two went to uh, one goal differential. So it was super close. It was just, and it just felt really more like both teams weren't playing at their best, but it was super close nonetheless. And you sometimes get that from games when both, when one team isn't on form, the other team can't seem to get into their stride as well. It's just how the ball moves and, you know, unpredictable nature. You see players make whiffs and then the other team don't pick up the ball because they weren't expecting that whiff. That's just what it felt like from that one single game, which was that only loss. But otherwise, they just smashed it out apart. They said a 3-1 win over G2 is super solid. In day one, they took 3-1 over Mount Gang and a 3-2 over TSM. I think they had to face up against uh, Mount Gang the second time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> day two, where they took them again, 3-1. Complexity had a fairly super solid weekend. Take now Randy Gibbons' Rivers, which most of us going into day three, four, okay, that's a 50-50 game, however that turns out. And it pretty much was when you look at the stats now, like, it was 3-2 in favour of complexity and there's two overtimes once again and every game essentially being separated by one goal bar game one, which was uh, 2-0-2 complexity. So, and complexity on that day being able to take two games from NRG who are absolutely on fire. Of RLCS, which this is all building up to and know that they can make land. They've got that capability. You lagged there for about three seconds, <laughs> so um, uh, I wasn't sure if you uh, I- I- if we lost you or whether my internet oh, went or what happened there. But I, I kind of missed your point for the past five seconds. Essentially, complexity can go away with their heads held high. They're looking to be in a strong contention and make oh, top yeah. four next season and make it to Worlds. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, this is the second land in a row for complexity, and uh, this is the second land they've come at least top eight. So it's it, it's maddening how much potential this team has, like, to be a massive, massive underdogs. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we said that there's probably a decent chance that they wouldn't make it through uh, to the to the finals. We said that there's probably less of a chance that they'll make it into the victory land, uh, into the victory state uh, when, we, when we spoke last week, and certainly they didn't, but, like, you know, they still did amazing. This is Again, such a good squad. I'm so happy to see where these guys have come from. The cool thing about it as well is that now the rest of the team have formed up around Flakes because back in the day when we saw this team first form up, it was like all Flakes. Mm-hmm. Flakes, 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 Flakes. Now Greasy's getting involved. Like who the fuck would have thought Greasy you know, six months ago, up, yeah. who, who would have thought six months ago that Greasy Meister would be a top contender within their, within this fucking squad? Like no one thought that. No one thought that at all. You know, everyone was saying this is the worst move in, in the history of, of, of Rocket League um, in, in RLCS, in top tier Rocket League. And now he's the guy who went from the back end of that particular move to being one of the best players on this squad. Like, it's, it's, it's insane how not only are they not... Okay, debatably, but not only are, are, are have complexity risen from the ashes, they're continuing to evolve from my perspective. Yeah, they're a team that's getting better. A bit like I said 
uh, from Barcelona. The problem is, Complacy have sort of leapfrogged Barca, you know, to this result and that and the constant results they're getting. So it doesn't feel like it's stopping here and they're going to continue to grow. So where they end up, who knows? But three months' time, they could be a real scary threat. You know who else could also be a scary threat, Bacon? Oh, go on, tell the me. The motherfucking bricks, boy. You had boy. no faith. You had no fucking faith in this tonight. You said a lot is the worst move. You said a lot, a lot was going to be the worst possible pickup for this particular team. No. Mm. He picked up the slack. Speed was looking insane. Like, I don't know what it was about a lot that made Speed essentially become like a big striker again, the same sort of one that won WSOE. But like, holy shit, man. The bricks. This roster, like, came out of nowhere and they have absolutely killed it this weekend and it was largely down to speed though you have to admit that speed this weekend was absolutely on fire and it's well i mean just... a lot had its moments as well you know he never pulled off anything fantastic though he never pulled off Cooks. anything fantastic but yeah. here's the thing right this is what i was saying last week about not about a lot not necessarily needing to be a main striker you know he still mm -hmm. was playing fast pace but he was not taking the forefront front of things. You know, he wasn't being like in mouse sports where he was doing the fancy plays. He was being a lot more like he was in complexity where he was more of a captain. I don't think it's necessarily being an in the in-game leader role mm -hmm. per se for, for, for the team. I'm not sure how the team composition works, but I spoke to Speed and he said that they were playing to the right pace at the right time and everyone was in position and everyone was communicating and everyone was looking good, you know? Um, and they didn't know, they don't need that supportive element with the, with the way that they're playing around that particular uh, line. You know, again, it's very similar to the way that we, we praised the potential in, in, in Savage back in the day in the sense that they could mm -hmm. do some damage in terms of firepower alone. Well, it's the same thing with this particular squad. You know, yes, they haven't got a defensive element, but no, they don't need one because the way that they're playing around each other, it just works perfectly right now. And the way that a lot's come in and sort of solidified this unit, it's, it's, it's looked solid. It's looked amazing, you know? It did look good. Yeah, I will admit that, but will it look good come Montreal qualifiers. Like I said, was it just a flash in a pan? I'm not convinced entirely yet, even though they did make semis, don't get me wrong. We'll see. Because, of course, we've seen a lot of teams that did really well uh, after initial pickup and then drop, you know? So I'm hoping the best things. I hope that I'm wrong about a lot. Like I said about Greasy, you know, and he's suddenly starting to come in the stride. You know, I never really rate Greasy enough this weekend. That definitely is coming into question. He is picking up the slack, of course. So a lot, I hope that I can, you know, reevaluate my thoughts because this weekend just felt more like it was largely down to speed. He was absolutely fucking on fire and Cooks here yeah. could work with and a lot fitted in nicely, but didn't do anything special. If that makes sense, like I think I with maybe a different player, they could go, but I wouldn't have anything better to adjust. So I'm sort of like just putting all my reservations to the side and just going to let this team breathe, essentially. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to them with Montreal, both with the online qualifiers and hopefully at LAN, if they can get out there. Well, personally, I don't think you necessarily need a... Uh, um, uh, uh, Oh fuck! I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> a reevaluation. Sorry. I don't. I don't know. Sorry. I don't think you need to, to to play flashy in in the way that a lot. I don't think a lot needs to play flashy because Speed's the one playing flashy. And right mm -hmm. now it feels like that he was just the cohesive third man uh, who 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 fitted in well with the Cooks here and Speed sort of uh, duo that we've seen uh, elaborate over the course of the last few months. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what this team can do. Assuming mm -hmm. a lot comes back in, assuming a lot stays uh, 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 with this particular team, I can see a lot. Of 
potential. I could see that potentially being a move, considering that the Bricks are now in the uh, RLCS versus uh, Mouse Sports, who are not, uh, which leaves a couple of uh, open... Um, well, that's sort of, what I was uh, saying last weekend. I didn't think they'd do well, but I hoped they would. Um, because if a lot does well for them, sticks with them, that could be the avenue in for Mouse Sports to pick up the new mm. um, Bricks, the Bricks roster, side. which would be fantastic because Mouse Sports are a great org as it is anyway. Also, I want to bring something else to your attention, by the way, Bacon. This is actually one of the lines that I believe you uh, said during last week's podcast. Frostbite just put it in the chat. Um, uh, you said, quote, a lot hasn't done anything to be considered a good leader. Um, is this weekend something proof to the contrary? Nope. Again, he wasn't leading as such. That seemed largely down to speed. Maybe that could be the problem, a lot being put in that lead role, and now he doesn't have to. It takes a lot of stress of him, you know? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I feel like that maybe just having that sort of like figurehead kind of figured, kind of figured things out essentially for their side. But I think we'll have to take a look at how things roll in terms of the, of the Montreal qualifiers again. Those are coming up next weekend, so you want to keep your eyes on the bricks. Another mm -hmm. team to watch, um, as are the boys who won the whole fucking thing. Bacon, it happened. Yep. It the two happens. teams I'm going to be watching. The curse, <laughs> the curse is broken. PSG have won another land. They, the, the first time in 525 days, they last won at Leipzig 2018. Like, it's been so fucking long and it's such a feels good, man, because like we were saying before this podcast that Ooh. we heard behind the scenes. Go on. I was going to say, can you remember it was on day two? I put out the tweet on the Aftershock Twitter, the matchup between Renault Vitality and PSG, and I said, which curse is going to be broken? Is it the champion's curse or the PSG never winning a land curse? And that matchup, <laughs> that, that was it. You had to break them to build them up. <laughs> Hold on, didn't Renault Vitality win that one? <laughs> Renault Vitality won that, but I'm just saying, it's funny, beforehand, talking about it, and the PSG curse was lifted. Like... Yeah, I mean Ooh. it's 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 insane, you know. It's insane how well this team has has looked over the past few months because you know we've been saying like week on week like, with the way that RLCS progressed and with the way that everything else progressed in the scene. It's like this is the best PSG mm -hmm. we've seen. No, no, next week this is the best PSG we've ever seen. No, the week after that this is the best PSG. No, this hope. is the best PSG we have ever seen across any iteration of the organization uh, and any iteration of, of of this lineup. You know, like it, it just looked amazing. Sure, set pop the fuck off Farah pop the fuck off Fruity didn't have the most amazing flashy performance but he didn't fucking need to because his teammates were just you know <laughs> he, he, he was just helping well, his teammates do all that, that all that great it. work because can you remember we were sitting around uh, like when we were watching the Cloud9 PSG game on day three the very first one and I was a little bit worried because Fruity had gone quiet and I was sitting there going that's a little bit scary to me because Fruit had been playing absolutely banging that whole weekend. But it was Ferris stepping up, which enabled the whole team to work. Fruity sort of went into that defensive role, hence the quietness, which actually worked really well. Ferris, for me, was the bigger aspect than Chorset popping off that allowed the team to do really well because Ferris was in a little bit of a slump here. This is him out of the slump, and it shows this team can be a powerhouse. 
Yeah, and I mean, again, this is the PSG we've seen online so many times do some so, so much damage in the league mm. play in the online sort of weekly and monthly cups. You know, this is the team that we, 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 we've said, like, this is what they can do. This is the team that could potentially, uh, uh, you know, run straight through with the victory. And this is a team that we, uh, we, we've said for ages, uh, you know, don't, they're the one team we can't fix with a roster move, essentially. And, you know, I think mm -hmm. this proves the potential that is in that roster. The next step for them will be trying to replicate that um, if they still stick together. Because again, there is one thing that I'm going to be paying attention to this team, and that's the roster. Before we came into this LAN event, it's we had heard... change. I don't see saying, it changing now, yeah. I, I, I don't think... I, I, don't, I don't see it changing either, but I don't know what the, mind of the, the mindset of the players are. I don't know what the uh, the general sort of consensus is in the, in the, in the PSG camp. I don't know. I didn't ask any... I didn't ask for it about that. I didn't want to ask him about that. I just wanted to let him concentrate on the LAN event. I didn't want to hinder him or his team. Maybe that's a question I can ask him later on today. Um, but, you know, like, that's, that's just something that we heard before, you know, before we came into the event, we was like, you know, we don't, we don't want to see it happen. We don't think it will happen now as a result of this. Um, but my concern is what happens if we go into the next event in PSG choke? You know, that, that, that's, that, that's my main issue because that might spur the roster move back into the forefront of conversation. And again, I don't think that's a good idea for the for, for PSG right now. Um, I feel like the... They just need to try and replicate this performance on LAN a bit more. I think they need to find the formula that worked for them so well here because, my God, it worked. It worked so, so well for them. Beating Cloud9, beating mm -hmm. the Bricks, ending Fireburner's career on a second place. Like, you know. They were the villains. They that were the it. villains, but today the villains reign supreme. This ain't a fucking Spider-Man comic. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> you said that was the most evil fucking like you know had to like, you are the green goblin or you are the fucking what's it Doc, <laughs> Dr. Octopus I can't remember it's been so long since Dr. I've read Dr. Evil comic. let's go with that one Dr. Evil Just yeah you are you are Dr. Head. Evil you're Dr. Evil, but yeah, let's, let's, let's tell me about PSG a little bit more. Um, I want to, I want to know what, what, what did you see in this lineup that, 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 that gave them so much, uh, potential. Well, as I said, it was that sort of enabling factor coming out from both Fruity and Ferrer that just allowed Chorset to go on those solo plays like he did quite often and just allow him to absolutely pop off. Not only w uh, was that going on, but Ferrer was just putting balls into center and, uh, Fruity or Ferro were just ready for any little spills, you know, because Chorset was putting on massively harsh, uh, high-pressure shots, essentially, where if it came off the backboard of, or the defensive hit that was trying to send the ball out wide, didn't really connect properly, either Ferro or Fruity would swoop in to just pick it up. It was essentially using one man as a battering ram and the other two just there to be able to poke through the cracks it was a massively powerful aspect and then Chorset also having the balls to do a lot of fake plays uh, to bait out and juke quite a lot and also just throw his car in particular ways to win 50-50s it was the best we've ever seen from the team massive mechanical skill coming out from Chorset who a little bit like I was saying about speed this weekend is slowly putting himself up to being one of the top contenders in EU. You know, it's been KDOT for way too long. Someone else has this sort of challenge. And Chaucer is showing that from pure mechanical skill. Like I said, with speed is coming from his jack of all trades nature where he can just be anywhere on the pitch and cause damage or I guess, in defense, a lot of saving. I, I don't know what the term would be for there, but essentially, Chaucer... Uh-oh. He's gone again, boys. Oh, making you there. <laughs> I, 
Have I gone for a second? Oh, my yeah, Discord went is again. fucking... Me, it's my Discord. Wait. Fuck's sake. Oh, dear. <laughs> We've broken the overlays, boys. <laughs> you can is still hear me, though, right? Yeah, we can still hear you, yeah, because you're on the, uh, the yeah. clean feed. But it, it's like, my Discord fucking up, essentially, but... Yeah. <laughs> Good memes, by the way, Craig. Thanks for that. Yeah, um... Let's, uh, there you I'm go, back. you're back in. We're back, way everything's looking good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fucking, um, I'll throw my train of thought of, yeah, they were looking amazing. Like, I think there's the bottom one that we yeah. can say about that. Like, even, even on the defensive side, you know, with, with the way they set up Shaw set to, to, to pop the fuck off, um, I like to think that the, the team formation from PSG would look great as, like, a, a, a you know, um, defensive sort of like, you know, like a, a support, like supportive, semi-supportive, and then just pure striking um, setup essentially from the, the PSG side. So I'd like to see them replicate that um, uh, going forward. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to see them try and bring that uh, to the fold in, in future events. Obviously, Montreal's coming up soon, so you keep your eyes on how they're going to play that one out. Um, but for now, I think it's celebrations in the French chat, in the French camp, because... They're the champions, and again, the first time in ages. Man, again, it feels like you know of all the heartbreak that we've had with Triple Trouble and Veloce, it's finally mm -hmm. good to see PSG actually smash one out of the park this time. Yeah, it, it's been way too long. In fact, it's been what five hundred twenty-five days. Yep. It was. I'm quickly checking the stats. Fair yeah, fair out. Tweeted that. That is ridiculous and very well earned. Very well done indeed. A big congratulations, obviously, to PSG for being your champions of the DreamHack Pro Circuit Valencia LAN event. Arguably more prestigious than the World Championship themselves, depending uh, on how you yeah. do things. Um, uh, and obviously, I'm hoping for a bit more to come out from them baking going into the future. I did want to look to the future, uh, actually, because uh, there's obviously some storylines to come out of this uh, whole event. Um, uh, obviously, PSG being the big ones, uh, NRG obviously losing out their boys, um, uh, their, their boy Fireburner, uh, obviously very sad. Uh, that he had to retire. Um, but going into the Montreal qualifiers, the DreamHack Montreal overall, and into the next season that should be starting up in a couple months' time, what are the storylines, what are the teams, what are the situations you're going to be following uh, as we move into the off-season? Uh, one, of course, is Bricks and the involvement of a lot, or maybe even Turbo if that does happen, or contrary to that, NRG, do they pick up Turbo, like what is floating around a little bit? Or are we going to see another non-retirement because Fireburner goes, oh, well, we can still actually do good. Uh, NRG aren't shit as a bit like a boss when it comes to the final day. <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's have another go. We'll see after Montreal. If we don't do well at Montreal, I'll, I'll give up. Because, yeah, that that's just Rock League mentality in a nutshell. Well, honestly, the thing about Fireburner was that he obviously is retired when he's like peak fucking form. He was insane this weekend. I mean, Go it's a shame we don't have yeah. an NA podcast. It's a shame we don't have an NA podcast where we can cover this shit in detail because, my God, my God, it's insane. What the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Stick with it, mate. Wait until you fall down and then coach an RLRS team to the fucking top. <laughs> Anyway. Or, uh, <laughs> or RLCS team and get paid. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it as well. Uh, but no, like, um, yeah, but like, yeah, I'm going to be watching Renault Vitality um, mostly uh, to see whether they can reclaim their top spot, whether they can try and push to, towards that mm -hmm. consistency. Um, uh, and I'll be watching PSG as well because I, I want to see if they can replicate. And I think they can do it. I hope they can do it. Um, I'm expecting that they can do it. Like, you know, I, I've got a lot of faith in my Ooh. boys. One throw out there as well as TSM. Do they make a roster change? Because it's the perfect time to try it. 
Yeah, indeed it is. Uh, we'll have to keep your eyes locked on that one. Maybe next week we might hear something about that one. Um, obviously, with the Montreal qualifiers, they've got to get that shit in immediately. So uh, keep your eyes locked to the Reddits and all the Twitters. And, of course, here to RL Aftershock, where we're bringing you all of the news stories mm -hmm. coming up in the next couple of weeks throughout the course of the Montreal qualifiers. Um, we might not have a podcast next week, but keep your eyes locked to the Twitter at RL Aftershock. We will be bringing you those updates. Um, uh, the main reason being is that, obviously, I'm going to be jet-lagged the fuck. I just can't be asked. I just can't be asked to do it, Bacon. I really he, he held break. out there for 15 minutes. We're so proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't explicitly say I'm going to Dallas, but now I've said it, so fuck you. Anyway, so, um, uh, yes, we're going to get out for another week of the uh, Rocket Leagues. Uh, it's been a fun weekend, Bacon. Like, you know, obviously a great holiday mm -hmm. for us. We were there for a full-blown week in Valencia. Uh, a lot of fun. Obviously, the Rocket League was great. Obviously, the event was great. The city was fantastic. And uh, I think that what we had overall was just incredible Rocket League, Bacon. Oh, yeah, like, it was super, it was a mixture of super high-level uh, Rocket League, and then, like, some teams that didn't perform, that's just what it is at the moment. Like we were saying with uh, Vitality, really should have gone on and just spanked everyone this weekend, but it seems they got out of bed a little bit too late on the uh, last day. So, who knows? I just want to see more consistency coming up. We'll see whether that consistency will be replicated in the Montreal qualifiers. That's coming up next weekend, so keep your eyes on that one. Uh, of course, we're bringing you all the updates on RL Aftershock in two weeks' time. If there's any ma massive roster moves, we'll try to put a show together for next weekend. But again, at RL Aftershock, if you want to keep up with all of that noise, uh, you can also make sure that you join the Discord as well. Explanation mark Discord if you're watching live right now on Twitch. If not, it's in the video descriptions and show notes of every single episode of the podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash RL to shock to find those listings of course on spotify google podcasts uh and itunes and also tune in as well of course across many other po podcast distribution platforms again anchor.fm slash rl aftershock to find your favorite platform or request your favorite way to listen bacon any final words before we fuck off and i have to pack for dallas <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that time it only lasted two minutes, Jay. Well done. I think that's the shortest <laughs> one. Had to get it in. Right, thanks for watching, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you shit. back here. <laughs> Fuck you, okay? On, we'll see you up. back here even more in the future for more of the Aftershock.